Welcome back, everyone. And this is the 24th podcast in our series brought to you by Good Thinking, London's digital mental well-being service. My name's Tracy Parr, and I'm the Director of Transformation for the service. Our podcasts are here to help listeners make sense of a world affected by COVID-19. They're available across all podcast channels, and we would really appreciate it if you could share, rate, and review them for us. Today, Good Thinking's Clinical Director, Dr. Richard Graham, is in conversation with Amber Newman-Clark, an education and wellbeing specialist at Brooke. Brooke deals with section relationships, and if navigating a relationship was difficult enough before, lockdown has added another level of complexity. Amber talks about what has changed and offers some useful tips. This is no doubt helpful for her own blossoming relationship with her pot plants. Over to you, Richard and Amber. Thank you, Tracy, and thank you, Amber, for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Well, today we're going to be thinking about relationships with partners, with family during the time of COVID, and that's been a particular focus for you at Brooke. Can you tell us a bit about Brooke and the work you do and how you've been supporting people during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. So for kind of people who don't know, Brooke are a sexual health and wellbeing charity here in the UK for young people, anyone under the age of 25. We've been around for a long time, over 50 years, working with young people. We started off as a sexual health charity, particularly for unmarried women in the 1960s, started by our founder, Helen Brooke. And it kind of evolved from there to work with kind of young people of all genders around sexual health. So offering sexual health services in the form of like clinics, providing emergency contraception, condoms, STI testing, that kind of thing. And also something that I do in my role is teaching relationships and sex education in schools and also with targeted groups of young people in lots of different organisations. We're a kind of nationwide charity, so all over the UK. And yeah, in our various different pockets, work with young people in those local areas and then also with professionals who work with young people to train them in how to talk to young people about sex and relationships. We talk to parents about it as well. It's quite a wide breadth now that we cover. Yeah, quite a lack and busy time I'm sure you're having and interesting for us a good thinking because it sounds like what you're providing is a service for people who might feel uncomfortable about going to a health clinic or talking to their GP and yet very much need good advice and support. Absolutely yeah. So I guess you're hearing all sorts of things during this extraordinary time that we're living through at the moment and although there's a lot of emphasis on technology and how Zoom and house party and all sorts of apps have kind of changed the way we can interact. There are still lots of issues about people and relationships that are really affecting us. And I wonder what you're hearing then at Brooke, what sort of themes are emerging? I think that in general, being a young person and navigating relationships is a complicated thing in itself a lot of the time. And then I think that there has been an added layer of kind of various different issues that young people are experiencing because of lockdown as well, whether that's coming from like the adults in their life and the adults in their lives with like increased anxiety has also played a part. Obviously, schools being disrupted has left young people in a kind of particularly difficult moment. And also, yeah, not being able to see your friends when friendships are a major part of most young people's lives can in itself affect relationships and mental health and lots of things like that. So I think it's definitely like another layer of complexities, which we have been hearing from young people a lot. 
And you raised another important issue that every relationship is going to also have circles of friends around it and family also around it. So there are many layers to the sort of, as you say, complexities of what young people are navigating. But I guess some at the time of lockdown where suddenly you kind of had to be where you were without any knowledge of how long that was going to be for was going to affect some relationships. And I guess for some people, they may have been apart from their partner at the time of lockdown. Have you been hearing about that and and what that's been like? Yeah, definitely. I do a bit of kind of group work over in digital spaces. And I also work a lot with youth workers. And there's definitely been a lot of young people coming to the adults in their lives or support services to sort of just, yeah, talk about how being away from their partner and actually having a lot of anxiety about how relationships can last during lockdown has affected them and their relationship, um, especially if it's a new relationship or if it's a relationship which has previously been like, you know, you see each other every day at school and you live, you know, quite close to each other. And then all of a sudden there's this like divide, there's this split coupled with maybe family anxiety about you going out and seeing your partner and that kind of thing. It's kind of another dynamic to add to it. So yeah, it's definitely been on a lot of young people's minds who are in relationships, but also for young people who like aren't in a relationship right now, but maybe were wanting to be in a relationship or were sort of things were starting off with a person and then lockdown happened. And then that means that it can't happen during lockdown and things like that. Yeah, been tricky for a lot of people. So I guess one of the painful aspects of what could happen during lockdown is that some relationships don't last and there's a breakup during lockdown. Is, is that something you've also been hearing about? Yeah, I think breakups happen anyway. And then obviously the lockdown situation can mean that relationships end like purely because of that reason. There was definitely like some people that I've spoken to have said that relationships have ended literally because of the fact that lockdown happened. So one or both partners were like, it's not worth it. It's not worth putting ourselves through this. And I think that that can be really tricky because breakups are horrible anyway. And then there again, that added thing of I can't now hang out with my friends and like try and forget about like what's happened or I can't work through this with my friends or anything like that. And if you're already feeling isolated, physically being isolated from other people is another aspect. So that can be a really, really tricky thing. I think for anyone who's kind of going through a breakup to kind of remember the ways that you can connect to people in like a non-physical way to like try and sort of realize those roots because otherwise yeah it can be a really really isolating time for sure yeah you make the point very powerfully really that it's lockdown isn't just about being restricted in terms of going out but you're isolated in all sorts of ways and if you are then going through something like a breakup your friends are going to be more important than ever to help you remember other aspects of your life other perspectives even on on what's happening so that's much harder but that's where the tech might come to help us where you can stay connected at least in some way and keep talking and sort of feeling supported by your friends I guess there's another scenario that's happened, and I I can't remember whether there's a new term for this. Is it turbo relationship for people who were just getting together, actually, at the time of lockdown as well? And perhaps were thinking, you know, I want to be with this person all the time. And suddenly they were. Is that something coming to your door at the moment in terms of people wanting support when they're in a very intense new relationship and stuck together? Mm, or potentially like living together and or something like that yeah I think that that can be like a whole thing 
when you live with a partner and you've never lived with a partner before, managing that, realizing maybe each other's habits and each other's like things that they would only be doing on their own. But now you live together and you're in each other's spaces all the time, having those things going on, but then also a worldwide pandemic and also not having maybe the other assets of your life, i.e. being able to see your friends, going out, maybe going to your job every day and things like that kind of heightens the annoyances maybe or heightens the like difficulties you already would have starting off living with a partner especially if you didn't plan to live with that partner so quickly but because of lockdown you had to kind of move in with a partner a bit quicker so it's definitely something that people have spoken about and it's quite nice actually when we do group workshops and things like that actually just listening to young people giving other young people advice around that is more powerful than you know us giving them advice in a lot of ways because it's coming from someone who you know may have been through the same thing as you or who is the same age as you so has a similar perspective in some ways so that can be quite nice in our kind of group workshops just listening to other young people supporting each other it's really nice can you remember any of those tips that might be interesting for people to hear about now Yeah, definitely. There were some really good tips that came from some young people around like just not forgetting about your friends and trying to come up with maybe some new kind of creative ways to kind of stay connected with friends and like also around just putting down boundaries with your partner of like this is the time that I need for me and you know it doesn't mean that I don't love you and it doesn't mean that I don't want to be with you you know most of the time but I do really need some alone time sometimes and expressing to them you know you can have your alone time I can have my alone time and that's not got anything to do with the relationship or it being bad but that's just something that we all need as human beings so it's yeah it was some really good advice that they had for sure yeah creating space for yourself even if you're stuck in quite a small space physically you can do in other ways to kind of give yourself some me time some downtime yeah really good tip i guess the other thing that kind of intrigues me with all this use of technology now in in relationships is have you heard of also people starting relationships during lockdown are people sort of getting together through social media and, and other channels Yeah, I think obviously for people who are over 18, Tinder is like a massive way that people meet people. And that's definitely not stopped. People still use Tinder and people still speak to each other over Tinder, but also other social media apps as well. And it's interesting because you will definitely find like if someone's like using tinder or other social media apps there will be people there who still want to meet up and who maybe aren't necessarily respecting the rules of lockdown or however many kind of rules we've had in the last few months that that's kind of not necessarily something that everyone has been abiding by so for some people that that's been a bit of a shock because if you in in your social bubble have been abiding by these rules quite strictly and then you go on social media and like there are lots of people out or there are you know people asking you to meet up and things like that it can be kind of a weird thing to navigate I guess so yeah I think like there has still been relationships starting or people meeting up even during lockdown and then for people who are developing a relationship kind of without having met each other that has happened for years and years since the internet has been around people have started relationships like that but obviously this is like another nuance of well I don't know when we're going to meet when will we be able to meet not knowing that aspect kind of strange I think that there have been some people who have since we've been able to like go out and about and walk with someone from a distance and that kind of thing there definitely have been people who have taken that on and been 
like let's go for a socially distanced date or something like that but then for a lot of people that's almost harder because you can't hug that person you can't kiss that person some people have just sort of been like actually I'd rather wait until we can actually see each other and be close in that way rather than you know have any socially distanced dates. So in a way, the screen or perhaps even a voice call helps you manage that because the longing for closeness when you see someone may be harder to manage. That's a really useful point for people to think about. The other thing that we're all very familiar with now with the online world is the way information can sometimes not always be true, helpful, accurate. Is misinformation in the way we're seeing it in all sorts of areas at the moment something that also is affecting the lives of young people and their relationships, thinking about sexual health? Yeah, for sure. Because I talk in schools quite a lot and go into schools and talk about sex and relationships. And I think that we already ask young people, you know, pre-lockdown when we were going into schools, like, where do people learn about sex and relationships? Because obviously that's like the lens we're thinking about is like particularly around sex and relationships. And there are so many different places that young people learn about sex and relationships. But the one that they bring up a lot is lessons in schools. Like that's a place where a lot of young people get reliable information from. And that's gone at the moment. And in terms of sort of digital education, relationships and sex education hasn't really been a part of a lot of school curriculums, I guess. Like it's definitely something that's coming and we've got mandatory RSE coming this year. But in terms of like school education in lockdown, it's kind of been a bit of an awkward thing because do we talk about relationships and sex education in a lesson format whilst someone's in their own home, like learning in that sense and how useful is that? So there's been that that's lacking from a lot of young people. They've not had relationships and sex education for three months in school. So then having to get your information elsewhere, which young people do anyway, we all do. You know, if we have a question, we might ask Google. And so that has meant that, yeah, there's been a bit of a spread of misinformation going on because then you haven't got a school teacher to ask and you haven't necessarily got those usual means to an adult or to someone that you could ask about sex and relationships. Obviously, you can ask your parents, but not everyone's completely comfortable with that. So, yeah, there's definitely been that coming to us when we're doing digital workshops or in clinic, the usual misinformation going on, but I guess to like a higher degree in a way and obviously we've also seen from kind of Pornhub statistics and various different stats that have gone on a massive spike in like people watching pornography during lockdown which I think we probably were expecting to happen but it's definitely been like a huge thing so for young people to potentially be consuming pornography and then not having a lesson about it or someone to talk to about it if they found something uncomfortable or confusing or just want to ask a question is another like layer to people's misinformation that they might get about sex and relationships so yeah might need to be some major catch-up time when we all go back to school Yeah, very good point, because there might be misinformation coming from trolls or or people like that that are kind of working to spread misinformation to disrupt societies. But then there is access to pornography, as you say, through Pornhub, where relationships will be portrayed in very particular ways, and that can have an impact in all sorts of ways, including on body image. Are you hearing from young people that they are getting concerned about perhaps seeing more porn or different types of porn that's troubling them? 
I would say that the concerns have always been there, I guess. And kind of in general, when, when I go into schools and talk about pornography, young people are quite aware that pornography isn't real. But they are also coming from the perspective of, well, this is all that I've seen in terms of sex. Like, this is the extent of it, especially if it's someone who's not had sex before, they've never had sex themselves. So it is therefore like people's only depiction of what sex is. So then even if you know that there are aspects of that that aren't real, you don't necessarily have anything to compare it to or any way of knowing what aspects of that is not real. And it will affect our expectations around sex. But I guess at the moment, that other layer, as we've been saying, of complexity because of the pandemic has meant a lot more time spent on your own, not having those connections to maybe a youth worker or a teacher or adults in your life that aren't your parents to maybe dispel some myths. And also a lack of knowledge that sexual health services are still open and operating. Most of the young people that I speak to weekly don't know that sexual health services are still operating and that they are still open to young people. And a lot of the time they don't think that they are health services that are you know, open as many other health services are during lockdown. So that's been interesting because health professionals are a really, really good way to access accurate information about sex and relationships rather than porn. So that aspect has also meant that people aren't getting those messages um, that they maybe were getting pre-lockdown. When it comes to sexual health services as well, some people maybe don't particularly want to go to a sexual health clinic at the moment, especially if they're concerned about going out and about. It's important for people to be aware that you can get STI testing from home. So you can get an STI kit sent to your house. It's a very like discreet packaging. So if you're worried about other people in your household knowing that you've sent that test, you know, don't don't worry about that. It's very discreet packaging. It's for anyone who's over the age of 18. And the place that you can go for information about that is SH24, which is one that's kind of nationwide. But then SHL, which is Sexual Health London, you can get STI testing that way as well. You can get contraception, emergency contraception and condoms online, which is all kind of accessible for people. And I think, yeah, it's important for people to be aware to still use condoms during lockdown because it's definitely something where we want to be looking after all aspects of our health during a pandemic. And condoms is a really good way to look after your sexual health. So still wear condoms for sure. It reminded me of somebody we spoke to a few weeks back who was thinking about our online lives during lockdown and that sort of boredom that comes with lockdown, especially when you're young and you're kind of wired to seek new experience and perhaps take risks, you know, mix up with the boredom of, of lockdown and, and perhaps people are going to end up doing riskier things than they would have and then they don't have that I guess we'd sometimes call it a counter-narrative of another sort of perspective on whatever they have viewed, listened to, etc. So it's a really interesting point that the challenges of lockdown for this age group and then mix in sex and relationships and there are going to be all sorts of ideas that, as you say, it's going to take a bit of work after lockdown to shift. Yeah, and I think that it's important to remember that all of these things were already there pre-lockdown, like access to pornography and sexting was always still like something that could be an issue for certain young people but I guess it's that layer of complexity which means that you know yeah young people are stuck inside they might be a bit bored but we're turning to the online world for communicating with others and therefore we will end up with you know those things that were being passed around in schools just going on to the online sphere anyway so yeah it's definitely like another layer of complexity. The other thing that I guess has changed for a lot of young people during this time is either sort of rather like with partners, increased contact with family because you're having to live with them. And that includes perhaps sharing space with a brother or sister again, 
Or, again, you may be isolated because at the time of lockdown you were somewhere else. And I guess that can even include international students who were stuck in the halls of residence at the time lockdown started. Do you get to hear about what it's like for young people and their family relationships at this time too? Yeah, definitely. I think probably more so when we are talking with youth workers or people who are interacting with young people directly and also in like any digital workshops that we run we're in their homes in a way because we're on a screen and we're talking about you know sex and relationships in an educational way and that's really interesting because you do get a bit of an insight into people's home lives as well but also then young people do inevitably talk a bit more about their families because that's what they're around all the time and it's been a real thing because family relationships change anyway when someone becomes an adolescent because People are more likely to be wanting to take risks, as you said, or, you know, wanting to naturally kind of separate themselves from the family home and find their own identities. And now it feels like that has been taken away in a lot of senses physically because you're having to stay at home. And that's definitely posed a lot of challenges for family relationships coming from parents and coming from young people, both sides of the you know coin. And I think that what kind of comes into that as well is in a way like parental anxieties of wanting to keep their children safe and that being put on to young people and maybe sometimes young people not necessarily knowing where that comes from maybe or not understanding that it's coming from a place of love and worry and it's being like taken on as you're restricting my freedom and you're you're being really strict and and that kind of thing so it's definitely been something that young people have expressed is the feeling that like maybe parents don't trust them to look after themselves or even just that that anxiety about the world that parents for very good reason feel you know young people are taking on and that feeling as well for obvious reasons you know because we we do take those feelings on from our parents and from the adults around us so it sounds like for some young adults they're kind of thrown back to almost being a young teenager again with their parents worried of course about covid and, and the risks of infection but not quite trusting that they'll be responsible and i guess there's probably been a few arguments going on then Yeah, I'm sure that there have been. I think if you take a peek into anyone's homes, I think that the anxiety and frustration levels are definitely high. Yeah. But you've also got potentially brothers and sisters in the mix as well and sharing space when I guess somebody might have gone off to university or to live somewhere else suddenly is back and you're all having to manage the same sort of limited space. Is is that another issue that is occurring? Yeah, definitely. I think kind of relationships between siblings and yeah, each other is again more complicated and has a layer of complexities, obviously, as you said, because someone may be sharing a room with a sibling that they didn't used to have. And I just think everyone's sort of personal space feeling quite stretched at the moment and not necessarily having the space that they would normally have to live their own sort of lives whether that was at school or in a job or um, something separate to the family home. Now it's all there constantly and everyone's in each other's spaces constantly so I think that it's definitely been something that again listening to young people giving each other advice but also you know when we are talking about these issues in general there's been a real focus on recognizing your own personal boundaries and recognizing the other people in your household's personal boundaries and being able to respect 
both or being able to see things from different people's perspectives, which is a really hard thing to do in any way. But I think that that's something that is particularly important to try and do at the moment, seeing things from other people's perspectives and also just allowing yourself to take a few moments and go off and be on your own for a little bit, especially if you're in a household with lots of people and it's quite noisy and, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe going for a walk, taking in some nature. If you can do that, then that can be something that lots of people find really, really helpful. You make a really useful point again, Amber, that whatever situation you're in when you're with other people, having some me time, some downtime to just have a little bit of space for yourself is really important. And at Good Thinking, we were really pleased that one of our partners, Mindwell Health, made available a number of guided meditations where you can put on a pair of headphones if you've got a smartphone and kind of just go off for a few minutes to a tropical island and listen to sounds of nature. So even for people, you know, who might find it harder to get outside for all sorts of reasons, they can still create that space. And that's where the tech, again, is really helpful for us. Just thinking ahead, though, we're starting to see changes now as lockdown is starting to ease. I wonder whether you might have any thoughts or advice for people in terms of thinking about all sorts of relationships, partners, friends, family, as lockdown eases, because I guess there could be quite a lot of frustration that's built up or upset or anger about things that perhaps didn't go as well as someone might have hoped. Any thoughts about how anyone might manage coming out of lockdown? Yeah, I think that coming out of lockdown can feel really strange because obviously we had this sort of displacement feeling going into lockdown where things were changing and we were getting new rules constantly. And then we did have kind of a a point where it all went a bit quiet and we were able to adjust and adapt and people did do that in a way, in their own ways. And then now again, we're having these feelings of change and some feelings of anxiety and displacement coming out of lockdown. And I think that even though some people are feeling, you know, quite relieved that we are going to be able to come back to some form of normality, it's that how are we going to do that that I think lots of people in general, but also young people are a bit worried about. And also thinking, you know, well, I haven't seen my friends for three months, two months, you know, how's that going to look? Like, are we going to be able to, you know, speak and be normal with each other again? And is that going to be a bit stressful? You know, what if they get too close? You know, there are lots of feelings of anxiety going on about meeting up with friends for the first time, you know, when you haven't done for so long, or even just, you know, how do I maybe put down some boundaries around how I don't feel comfortable being touched at the moment or how I don't feel comfortable people being in my space without being rude or without making them think I'm being not on. So yeah, I I think that that's been a really common feeling. And I think that just being honest about how you're feeling with your friends is a really good first step, because a lot of people will be feeling like that. And other people in your space might be feeling like that too. So that can be a good thing. Just communicating about how you're feeling is like my number one major tip. And I think if people are being not understanding about that, then that's on them. Like that's just not particularly supportive way of being with your friends so you know being aware that if that's important to you that you know that should be respected by the people around you yeah i think it's a really good point to sort of help young people think about what they're comfortable with then be able to communicate that and and i think you even might be raising an interesting point that they could almost be quite uncomfortable almost like bullying things that happen where someone is kind of made to feel they should do something more than they're comfortable with. And I guess that's pretty key to all your work, that respecting each other and what someone may or may not be comfortable with is absolutely critical to good relationships. 
Absolutely. It's a conversation that we're constantly having about consent and consent isn't just about sex. It's not just about touching. It's about lots of different areas of our life, particularly maybe in the online sphere as well around posting pictures or sending people things. Consent is key to all of that. And it's important that young people are aware of consent and that you have a right for your consent to be respected as well. So lots of good tips about thinking about relationships, friendships, family, and so on, Amber. But I I guess there's been another group who have struggled with something where there really hasn't been that much happening in terms of relationships for them. And do you hear about loneliness in your work? Again, it doesn't tend to come to me personally in terms of like group setups and and workshops, but definitely colleagues of mine who maybe work on a one-to-one level where they talk to young people over the phone or they go through sort of similar things to counselling. And there has definitely been feelings of isolation and loneliness, kind of a displacement of routine is like a huge issue and, you know, changing sleep patterns as well, which can all affect people's mental health. And therefore, it's like a bit of a vicious cycle of, you know, physical things affecting your mental health, things going on in your mind and loneliness kind of coupled in with that, because obviously, you know, we are physically isolated from other people. But also then there has been groups who have found new communities or new places to feel belonged to within the digital sphere because you know I do sometimes think like thank goodness that if this was ever going to happen thank goodness it was happening now when we have such amazing access to the internet and to each other in that digital space as well which lots of people have found a major lifeline for themselves to be able to reach out to people and feel connected to people and you know to play a game with someone or you know use apps to like make each other laugh and share things that you probably would already be doing in person but you're just doing that in a digital space again so yeah it's pros and cons isn't it Yeah, and I think you make the point that, as we've discovered in our work with young people, that lockdown has created a sort of space to rethink lots of issues. And perhaps one of the things that's happened for some people who have felt lonely is it's given them kind of the time to go and look to find people like me, as we often say, who you'll share interests with, who might have the same values as you. And so it's also been a time of great connection as well as a time of isolation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Amber. There's lots of really helpful thoughts for people to digest and sort of consider as we keep moving through this strange and unprecedented time. It feels rather cruel at this point that I want to ask you something that we tend to do at the end of each podcast, which is to consider going back into lockdown. But we are going to spare you complete isolation. We will allow you to take into lockdown with you as if you'd got some prior warning and a very good contact list, three famous or prominent people. Who would you take into lockdown had you the chance? Well, I was thinking about this and I kind of thought about it in terms of, you know, what professions would I most like to be around me (laughs) at the time of lockdown? So instantly I thought a chef because that would just be great if you could get a person chef or like someone who was really great at cooking in lockdown with me. So instantly I thought of Ainsley Harriet because (laughs) I love his food. I follow him on Instagram and he's hilarious. And I just think he'd have quite an infectious personality, basically, where he would make me laugh and that kind of thing. So I thought Ainsley Harriet, he'll come into lockdown with me. Okay. I also then thought of like people that I would just generally have things in common with or have similar sense of humour or anything like that. So I was thinking Joe Lysett, who's a really funny comedian, who I really like and is really funny. And then I was also thinking about maybe someone who I'd quite like to have like quite serious conversations with, you know, where you could be, you know, able to kind of get a bit angry about the world with someone, just 
you know, because sometimes you need that as well. So I was thinking Jamila Jamil because she's an amazing activist and I really respect the work that she does. So I'd kind of just like to sit and chat with her about the world and just generally get a bit angry. So those were my three, Joe Lysett, Ainsley Harriet and Jamila Jamil. Right. So that sounds like a, a really creative combination of great food, infectious humour, <laughs> paradoxically at a time of infection, and somebody <laughs> with great values who could kind of connect with the injustices, the inequalities, and kind of help you rethink, I would imagine, you know, all sorts of issues, having someone with such character and thoughtfulness. So yeah, a great combination. We allow you to take something with you, ideally downloadable onto a phone or tablet, like a piece of music or a film, perhaps even a book, even a recorded event, a sporting event perhaps, or a theatre production, whatever would be good for you. Can you think of something else that you'd take in that form? Yeah, well, again, ever the cheater of the rules, I was like, how can I try and get (laughs) as many of these different aspects in so I get the most for my money, as it were. But I was thinking about my favourite musical as a kid, which was Billy Elliot, and it's got an amazing soundtrack. So I was like, if I have the film, then I will also have all of like the jam and T-Rex music. Not all of it, but the ones that are in the film. So then I'd be getting two for one. (laughs) Well, I actually think that's quite a creative solution to the sort of choice issue where you actually choose a medium where you embed dance and music and it's a film. Sounds like quite a smart move. I don't think you've quite breached that as badly as some of our other (laughs) people. So I think we'll, we'll let you take that and hopefully you'll have a nice big TV or at least a big tablet in there to watch it on. Enjoy that. So that will give you that me time, I guess. Finally, then, you're allowed some luxury. Something else, perhaps, for those me-time moments? Yeah, well, again, I was like, oh, luxury, like, that's quite a big category. (laughs) But while I was thinking about it, (laughs) I was thinking, like, I kind of just looked around what I'm surrounded by at the moment, and I've actually got quite a lot of plants in this house, and I think a plant would be a really nice thing maybe a peace lily or something that I can kind of nurture and like be around and you know check on it and that kind of thing but also oxidizes the room and yeah I think a little houseplant I feel like I've gotten quite obsessed with houseplants since we've been into lockdown so probably need a houseplant. (laughs) Well again that's a really nice thought where you're taking something with you that might literally be good for the environment you're in But actually, when we do care for something, it really is good for our well-being. And generosity and caring is really helpful to us as much as it is to the recipient. Do you talk to the plants yet? I do. It's really bad. (laughs) I also have like pronouns for all of my plants as well. So they're never it. They are, you know, them, she, him. And so I and I probably do sound like I am a little bit of a strange kind of plant lady, but (laughs) I will do that forever. I don't mind. (laughs) Well, I imagine somebody like Joe Lysett will soon sort that out. So you're probably in good company if you're going to take your planting with those three. So yeah, I don't think you're quite ready for the Prince Charles moment yet. (laughs) Well, thank you very much again for sharing so many of the insights that you're hearing of through the work of Brooke. And thank you also for the tremendous support that Brooke is offering young people at this time. 
And I think it's important as well to mention we have a really fantastic website. So if people were looking online for answers around sexual health and well-being and relationships questions, we have a kind of ask book section where we, you know, have lots of information about contraception STIs and also about relationships and well-being on there, which is all written by sexual health experts. So it's definitely a reliable place to go for your information about sex and relationships. Well, that's a great place to end to give people ideas of where they can go next if they want to learn more and understand more about relationships. So thank you again. Thank you very much. Our music is kindly provided by Key Changes, a charity offering award-winning music engagement and recovery services for people experiencing mental health issues. Thank you to all at Key Changes.